scary girl. Hi, everybody. Hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this is... Dead Dead Time Stories. A weekly podcast where Sarah and I get together to talk about ghost stories, true crime, conspiracies, cults, the paranormal, supernatural, or just whatever weird, spooky, eerie things we feel like talking about that week. Why is that, Sarah? Oh, uh, that's because it's our show and not yours. That's correct. And if this is your first time listening to the show, stop. Go back, Go back to, to the, the beginning. beginning. Listen to the first episode. <laughs> it's not that it won't make sense. It's just that, you know. It you was better then. I was going to say, if you <laughs> if you don't hear us at our best, how can you appreciate us at our most mediocre? 100%. That's our new slogan. <laughs> our at new our new most slogan. mediocre. I mean, I've been working some stuff on Procreate. I feel like I've been making some cool stuff. And I'm excited about the things that I can make for our podcast. That's great. Like merch wise, making anything. <laughs> I've been doing research. <laughs> Sarah, I was like, you do all the other shit of this podcast. <laughs> She's like, I haven't been doing anything except posting to our Instagram and answering all of the emails and running our website and handling all <laughs> uh, listener communications. But like, I don't do anything. I don't, y'all. Oh my god. <laughs> How are you? I'm okay. We're having yeah. a snow day. I was we are ask having you, a snow day. Do you think it's too early to start drinking? Oh, no, I'm actually super jealous because I don't have wine right here at my at my fingertips. I went to the store yesterday, like most people in Philadelphia, and I'm pretty sure all of them were at the grocery store I was at. I believe but it. I went and I got two more bottles of wine and I got home and I realized that I now have four bottles of wine. Oh my God. And no beer, which is weird for me. That is strange for you. Yes. I know. Oh my God. And today is February 1st. Sarah was not drinking for all of January. Dry January changed me. Yep. I am now. I hope that the cork pop comes through I on hope the so audio. Too. <laughs> I love it. We'll see. Well, congratulations. Damn, now I really glug, wish glug, I had glug, a drink glug, right glug. here, but I'm not going to like quit what we're doing to go down and grab alcohol. That, I, mean, I appreciate I? you not doing that. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Pause. Monty no, no, Python no, no, no. music. Okay. It's okay. Go it's get okay. a drink. Okay. You want me to? Go. All right, cheers, girl. Cheers, girl. Clink. Grats. Today's a great day because it's snowing outside, we have wine, and we about to talk about some spooky stories. Some spooky stories. Spooky story time. I feel like I want to bring new things to our podcast. Maybe we need to start having some more little audio bits. What do you mean? Like sing-alongs? No. I don't know. More of the little things that we play in every episode. Like we've got the intro and we've got the, like the, the Leslie Leslie. and then we've got like the outro thing. Like we need another thing where it's like, now's the time where we're going to do this. Here's the music for this part. But then we need a 
another bit, then we don't have. That's, I guess that's what I'm saying. Bit. I know. I know. <laughs> well, we'll think about that. New year, new bit. I don't know. New year, new bit. New bit, who dis? Ooh, I like that. New bit, who dis? <laughs> I saw a shirt on Fashion Nova that said, same phone, who dis? <laughs> <laughs> same phone, fuck you. I deleted your number, bitch. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> I was saying on a work call today that I... Um, d- I... <laughs> I- was filling up a ton of space on my iCloud and I was like, what's filling up all this space? And I had like almost 50 gigs worth of like old text messages because I like don't delete old text messages. You hold on to some shit for future <laughs> I reference? I was a psychopath. Right. I hold on to the receipts. I think it started as like a someday when I'm working on the television show that is oh my, my life. Oh my god. I'm gonna need all these old conversations to reference. This is my script. For all the things that happened to me. <sighs> Correct. <laughs> I think it started like that. And, and now it's are. for revenge. So I deleted all the text messages and I mean I've had an iPhone since 2011 so this was like a decade worth of text messages. I deleted all the text messages from numbers I don't mm-hmm. know. Or, like, I don't have them anymore. I need to go back into my contacts because I think I only got halfway through. But I was deleting all these people that are, like, old colleagues I had for in case we need to switch shifts. Like, everybody's phone number from old jobs, old people from old lives I've lived. I was just (laughs) deleting these people. Because with iPhones, I'm always just like, yep, save all my stuff, just move it to the new phone. Save all my stuff, just move it to the new phone. And I was like, I don't talk to you anymore. I don't talk to this person. I don't even know who that is. That's some guy that I saw from Tinder. That's some like I fuck all that. Like take all these people off. So is that why when I texted you earlier, you were like, I'm sorry, who is this? Same phone, who this? <laughs> and I'd be like, Stephanie, it's me, your best friend. And I was like, me who, bitch. Oh, man. And did you see in that chat where David was like, this is David, Stephanie's Stephanie's best best friend? friend. Yes, I saw it. Oh, I was I was dying. I could not stop laughing. So silly. And then I was waiting for Christina to start. Christina was not doing it. She was like, that's all right. I'll just sit here. She's like, I'm the rogue best friend. You don't got to know about me, but I know I'm here. She's like, look, I'm coming for that number one spot silent. Like, I don't have to come up in here and talk all this mad shit because I'm going to uh, creep up and kill you in your sleep. Silent but deadly. SPD. That's what my mom used to call those kind of farts. Now, on that note, you ready to stink it up? <laughs> hey, Sarah. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, hey Leslie. Leslie. Y'all, Y'all ready, ready to, to talk, talk about, about some, some ghosts? ghosts? Ooh. So, I'm kind of talking about ghosts today. Ooh. I had a hard time with notes because I fell down a rabbit hole where I was really interested in this one case. And it was like, well, if you like this case, then you need to hear about this case. And of course I did. And then of I was course. learning about that case. And it was like, well, if you learn about this one, then you need to learn about that one. Naturally. Right? And you know how that happens. Naturally. And I was like, well, which one of these is the most fascinating? And it was really hard to pick one. But 
I'm going to talk today uh, a little bit about memories from reincarnation. Ooh. And there are a few cases, and there's actually uh, some, there are people who study um, children who talk about memories from a past life. And I say children because as they get older, they start to lose those memories. Mm-hmm. And there were different ways of trying to describe, like, what that loss is like. I understand it more to be, like, the same way, like, when you wake up from a dream and, like, right after the dream, like, you remember it really vividly. But even if it was a really intense dream, sometimes as the day goes on, you just, like, lose the details of the dream. Mm-hmm. So I kind of understood it to be more like that. So there are a few cases, and I'm going to be talking about two big ones today that I thought were really, really interesting. So the first one that I heard about was the Pollock twins. So Jacqueline and Joanna Pollock were two sisters. They lived in England, and their parents were... um, John and Florence. There we oh, go. I was like, it started with an F. Missed opportunity. Should have been Jill or See, something. See, but John and Florence, I mean, he can't help. He married Florence, but they did name all of their kids with J names, right? Mm-hmm. So they had Jacqueline and Joanna Pollock. Jacqueline and Joanna were not twins, but they were, I was going to say Irish they're twins, Irish. but they're English, remember? But they're very, they're very close in age. They were like barely a year apart. Mm-hmm. And they did everything together, and they were kind of like twins. And around the time that um, they were around seven and eight years old, there was, it was just a normal Sunday morning. They were on their way to church, and the two girls were hit by a car (gasps) on their way to church, and they died. The driver of the car... Uh, so it looked like it wasn't an accident because there weren't any skid marks or brake marks or anything. What? So it wasn't known if the person hit them on purpose. It was the two of them and a little boy. So she hit all three of them, this driver. Um, ultimately when she was caught, they, uh, were trying her and she had just lost her child And she was, like, going through, like, a fugue state. Like, she said she didn't really remember what happened. She didn't remember it, but, like, it must have happened. Uh, And that lady ended up in a mental institution. But we're not going to talk about her today. We're going to talk about the girls. Okay. So that was a crazy, like, freak thing that happened. And these two girls died. Wow. So John and Florence, their parents, were handling the death in very different ways. Where Joanna, or sorry, Florence was like, we really need to, like, move on with our lives and, you know, we can have more children, we can't replace them, but, like, we need to to move on. And John got really into, like, mysticism and started studying, like, reincarnation, and they were really Catholic, okay? And this was 1957. The girls died on May 5th, 1957. So John got really into reincarnation and was really obsessed with the idea that the girls were going to come back. And he was like, they're going to come back some way. Like, I know it sounds crazy. And like at the church, they were like, you don't talk about that. We don't believe in that. Like he was really shunned from talking about it. But he was like, I just know that the girls are going to come back. Like, I just know it. I don't know how to explain it. I just I just know we're going to see them again. So that was his like handling of his grief. That was what, that was how he was handling it, right? So about a year later, Florence got pregnant again. 
And the doctor was like, yep, you're pregnant. <laughs> you're going to have a baby. And John was like, you're going to have twins. And the doctor was like, no idea why you would say that. I'm a doctor. She's going to have one. Right. And John was like, it's going to be twin girls. You're going to have twin girls. And the doctor was like, it's one baby. I don't know why you keep saying that. It's one baby. So then the day comes and uh, and there's no history. There's no history of twins on either side of the family, by the way. Okay. But he's like, no, you're going to have twins. I just know it. So the day comes and she has the first baby and they're like, oh my God, there's a second baby. <laughs> and he's like, I told you. <laughs> and it's twin girls. And they name these girls Jillian and Jennifer. So the first two girls were Jacqueline and Joanna. Jillian and Jillian. I know Sarah's making such a face. Well, I don't. Okay, so here's my thought. Is it weird to know that you're the second set of girls to your parents and they had very similar names as your names? Wouldn't so it's that good feel that like you asked that. you're being forced to replace your dead sibling? So they did not tell the twins about their older sisters until they were older. They didn't tell them when they were little kids. They didn't tell them until they were like around nine or ten. Okay. But even before that, before the girls ever knew about these other sisters, they were acting like these other two sisters. But not just acting like them. Jacqueline and Joanna... Uh, the sisters who had died. Jennifer and Jillian had the same birthmarks as Jacqueline and Joanna. And not just that, but there was a scar that Jacqueline had on her eyebrow that she had like fallen and hit her head and she had an eyebrow scar. Jennifer was had a birthmark that was in the same place as what? Jacqueline's scar. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So there's all that. There's there's so much ev- there's so many things. It's really weird, okay? It really is weird. So, um the parents, Florence and John, had moved to a different town when the girls were babies, and they went back to visit the first town when the girls were like young. They were like 4. And the girls were saying like, "Oh, I remember this place." And like they were spotting landmarks and saying like that they remembered all these places. So then the other like, piece of evidence that I was like, oh, my God, that's wild, is there were these toys that the parents had kept in the attic that Jennifer and Jillian had never seen these toys before. These toys belonged to Jacqueline and Joanna. And they brought a box of these toys down and dumped them out and told the girls to take which toys they wanted. And they correctly separated them into the two piles into who's where who's. Jennifer picked all Jacqueline's toys and Jillian picked all of Joanna's, and they didn't fight over anything. They were just like, yeah, that's the one I want. That's the one I want. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Yes. Those two sisters, as far as I know, are still alive. Um, the two twins, like the second set of twins, they, by the time they were, you know, 12 or 13, they didn't really remember any of the the old stuff that the other sisters had theoretically remembered. Um, and again, they didn't even know about their older sisters until they were like nine or ten. Mm-hmm. But people said that they had like the same mannerisms, the same like laughs, the same like they just acted just like this other pair of sisters that they never met. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? So 
There, that to me was the most interesting story. So I should have started maybe lower and built up to them. Um, but there so were now other everything really else cool... is going to be lackluster. <laughs> well, so the other case I'm going to talk about, um, this one has, this one has a lot of like really freaky evidence. That one, I guess I just thought was crazier because it was like twins mm-hmm. who were just like their older sisters. But I'm like, that's also like in their genes, right? Like they have the same parents. They could have a lot of the same stuff. Some of it is like freaky, but some of it is like not. They could have had the so same the other genes. Case I'm talk about. Their parents could have kept the clothes. <laughs> they could literally be wearing the, the same, same jeans, jeans, the same denim jeans. So. Then the other really interesting case of reincarnation that I was reading about, uh, or alleged reincarnation, I guess I I should say, (laughs) was, uh, this is from Scotland in the 90s. This was a kid named Cameron McCauley. This was in Glasgow, Scotland. So he began talking at the age of two. He was able to talk in full sentences. And he was talking about the life that he lived on this island called Barra. And Barra is a real island in Scotland. It's about 200 miles away from Glasgow. Of course, his mother was like, don't know where he heard about Barra. Like, we don't have family from there. We've never been there. And he was constantly talking about this. Like, once he could start talking, he was talking about his life on Barra. And this continued not just for weeks, like for years. So his parents are like, shut up about Barra. We get it. Well, and he said that he missed his Barra mom and that he loved his mom, like his now mom too, but he loved them both equally. Like he missed his Barra mom and he loved his real mom and he loved both of his moms. Kind of rude to the now mom, (laughs) but okay. So when they asked him what kind of stuff that he remembered, he said that his name was Cameron, that like his name was Cameron in his past life too. Like his name was still Cameron. And I was like, how convenient. Um, Like his story. (laughs) Anyway, he remembered that his dad's name was Shane Robertson. So Shane Robertson from Barra Island. Um, now, he kept talking about this. Now, when it, when it started, it was kind of cute. After years of it, after literal years of it, when the time he turned five and he was still talking about this, his mom was like, we've got to, like, talk to somebody. I don't know if it needs to be, like, a child therapist. I don't know if it needs to be a psychic. But, like, we need to talk about somebody because he has been telling us for years about these memories he has about this life he was living in this other place. And we need to get to the bottom of this and what's going on here. She's like, it's just a phase. And he's like, it's not a phase. And she's like, why can't you just be normal? And he's like, ah! So, excuse me. So, she took him to see this um, child psychologist who also was working for this British uh, magazine called The Skepticist. So, it was all about, like, rooting out what seemed like this, but was really had normal, totally, like, natural answers. What's that face? I don't know. It just tickled me. (laughs) But I had a glass of wine, and so I couldn't, like, spit it out. (laughs) Or I had a drink of wine. Drink it. So no matter how much she talked to this guy, he just kept saying, oh, like, he he's just got a really overactive imagination, and he must have, like, heard about Bara at some point or something on TV and, like, just got really it's into it. It's just like, a phase. She's like, you don't understand. He's a baby. He's never just watched TV without me. I've seen everything that he's seen. I don't ever remember any mention of Bara, and even if he heard it one time, like, 
This little bastard's been talking about this for three years. For years, okay? Like, why would he be obsessed with it if he heard about it this one time when he was two? I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I've watched all the TV he's watched. Yeah. There's no way. And he's like, yeah, no, he's just, like, imagining things. Like, it's just whatever. So then she took him, she took Cameron to see another child psychologist who, like, specialized in imagination, right? And, like, it, like reality issues. Okay. And when she talked to him and he was talking about Bar Island, she was like, he doesn't talk about this like a kid talking about his imagination. He talks about this like a child talks about things that they actually remember. <laughs> and I don't know how to explain that to you, mm-hmm. basically. So he was like, Mom, just take me to Bar Island. Like, I want to go to Bar Island. Like, let's go to Bar Island. And they had this guy, I can't believe I didn't get his fucking name, because he's a guy who, like, studies kids who say they have like past life memories and he was like yeah let's take your son to Barra. like let's see what's up so a few of the things that he said he had remembered was he remembered living in a white house and that they were um by the beach and that he used to sit out on the lawn and watch the planes land on the beach because they didn't land on a runway they landed on the beach okay and um that yeah that there was like a series of white houses his dad was shane robertson and they like lived near the coastline right so like okay we're gonna go to bar island like let's see what happens so they go there and they get to bar island and the plane lands on the beach it doesn't land on a runway (laughs) it lands on the beach at bar island and they're like okay okay fucking creepy check one so then they go to like the county clerk's office to be like yo like where is there somebody named shane robertson who like lives here like lives around this area or like you know lived at this time they at the time they were like yeah no we don't see anything about the robertsons and they were on a train like passing a neighborhood and he was like my house was somewhere in here like i know i feel like it was around here i know it was here and when they got to, like, they started to explore the neighborhood, um, they were, like, getting close, but, like, they couldn't, like, pin it down. Then they got called by the county clerk's office, and they're like, hey, JK, we found a file on the Robertsons. There's totally a Robertsons family, and we can tell you, like, what area they lived in and, like, where to go. So they got the information. They couldn't find anything on a Shane Robertson But they did find a Robertson who owned, like, this house in this area that was, like, within view of the beach. And when they took him to the house, they said that, like, his entire demeanor changed. That up until, like, he's always very, like, bubbly, like, happy kid. And when they got to the house, he was just, like, like, somber. Like, he was just, like, this is my house. Like, this is where I lived. And they took him in and, like, walked him around the house and he was just like yeah i remember this is the fireplace i i said i used to sit by this like just like they went through the house and he was like i remember all of this now he was five at this time since that time as cameron got older again like got closer to puberty like he lost a lot of those memories and there isn't really any information to explain what he remembered or thought he remembered or any of the information any of the things he was right about or whatever Mm -hmm. um but that is another case of reincarnation that i don't i personally again i don't know if i 
believe in it, but there are many things we talk about on this show where I'm like, I don't know if I necessarily believe it, but it certainly is fascinating and I can't explain it. Exactly. I'm like, it's a little, I don't know, it's a little unnerving to a degree, too. Of course, yeah. And you're just like, ugh. I don't know why I don't like that, but I don't really like that. Oh, no, you don't like that. I don't know. Maybe it was just the idea of the kid, like a five-year-old, suddenly being triggered by this house. And so his past personality kind of becomes more dominant and then disappears by the time he's in puberty. Oof. I don't know. I don't know. It just gives me the creeps. I don't know. It makes me Well, uneasy. that's the story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Sarah, what are you talking about this week? Well, this week, I got another ghost story. Yes. So it's ghost story. officially February and we're still going strong with the ghost stories. So, mm-hmm. this week... We're talking about the Thornhaven Manor in Newcastle, Indiana. Okay. So the Thornhaven Manor was not originally called that. It was called that after it was purchased by the guy who owns it now. But that's what we're going to call it. It was built in 1845 by Simon Powell, who at the time was like the richest dude in town. And this place is very large. Originally, the amount of land was seven acres, and the estate itself is around 6,000 square feet. Now, it's that estate of a 6,000 square feet, and then around an acre of land. Also, the dude was an abolitionist. And it's said that this home was one of the stops on the underground radar. Radar. Railroad. Railroad. The underground railroad. The underground railroad. I'm going to do the rest of the story. Underground railroad. Like this. This is it. This is becoming an Adam Sandler. Welcome back to wine, girl. Welcome back to wine. (laughs) Woo! So, Simon Powell was a pretty cool dude. Abolitionist. Made his home a stop on the underground railroad. Uh, He was also caught harboring a slave, and it's found, because it's in the Library of Congress, that he had correspondence with Abraham Lincoln. But he was not a stranger to loss. So shortly after the home was finished, his two-year-old daughter, Lizzie, died in the home. Oh, jeez. That's really sad. Then, it's... So... When I was doing research on this, like a lot of places, this place was hard to really pinpoint history about. It doesn't have a website. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have a Wikipedia. People don't talk about it on Reddit. So a handful of websites I found said that this next character was his wife. Another handful of articles says that this next character was his daughter-in-law whatever okay anyway there's a lady named amelia who was related to the family somehow and not too long after the death of lizzie she began suffering from mental illness she was just very distraught like you do like you do and so she went to go stay with her sister like you do 
And apparently one day when her sister went to go check up on her, she found that Amelia was gone and there was a note in her room saying like, you're not going to find me. And so her sister walked out and found her and found her, unfortunately, a little ways away, a little ways away in an area that had a body of water and her sister Amelia was dead in the water. But her so sister, a body in the body of water, a body in the body of water that was in the shape of water, and they gave her an Oscar. In the I shape don't know. Of a body. <laughs> it's that movie won an Oscar. Um. So <laughs> the sister though said that finding her sister, she felt like she was guided to her by an unseen force. That led her to her sister's body. Because, of course, her sister was like, you never going to find me. Anyways. (laughs) Is that how she said it? That's unfortunate. You're never going to find me. You're never going to find me. And then her sister was like, I found you. You took this too far. (laughs) So Simon Powell also had two sons, Henry and Orlistus. And both of them. Yes, his name is Orlistus. And the other one is Henry. So I don't know the thought process there. But they both fought in the Civil War. Unfortunately, only Henry survived the battle. So then Orlissus died. And Simon Powell had his body brought back and buried on the grounds. Simon Powell himself died in the house. And then when he died, he left it to Henry, the son who survived, And he lived there until his own death in the house at the age of 72. So that's five members of the family dead. And three of the deaths happened inside the house. But wait, there's one more. Of course there is. Right now, for this simple price of three deaths in the home, you get one more murder. For free. Jesus Christ. So, there was a murder on the grounds. There was a murder. Reuben Bailey. A murder. And it wasn't crows. It was like someone took someone's life. So, Reuben Bailey was a lifelong caretaker of the home. And one morning when he went down and made his usual coffee or tea, whatever you make in the mornings, he added sugar and then he woke up dead. Because that sugar was rat poisoning. Oh, my God. And so someone had replaced the sugar in the house with the rat poisoning and Reuben got it first. So they're not totally sure if the intended target was only Reuben or if it was the entire family. Yeah. But they ended up charging Reuben's son-in-law, Frank Thurman, with the crime. So now there have been four deaths in the home. So the house sat vacant since the 1970s to 2012. Yeah. When a Steve Miller purchased the home. Steve Miller purchased the home and he said originally he purchased it because he just wanted a rental home. And he saw the pictures and was interested because it's got a very interesting architecture and it's a very pretty home. It needs a lot of work. But it's a pretty house. (laughs) The property owners themselves 
would not speak with him and would not answer his questions. And the real estate agent only answered the most basic of questions. So he was able to coerce the real estate agent into letting him do one like physical walkthrough. And he walked through the house and he was like, oh my God, I love it. This is great. This needs a lot of work, but like it's, this is great. And so he bought it. So he literally like went in, did a tour and said, this is perfect. I'll take it. And he bought it. And then that's when the ghost showed up and they were like, hey, new roomie. Hey. Thank you so much for coming in and paying our rent. JK's holiday F. Welcome. It's so haunted. It's so haunted that at one point in time, Steve apparently had a medium come in and she said that there were over 40 spirits in the home. How? How are there I don't 40? think that that's true. I don't I don't believe that for a minute. That's, I think I like, there's uh, like three or four. That's a stretch. And we'll talk about that. So getting into the creepy shit that's happened. The first time that Steve Miller went to the home after buying it, he's got the keys. He's there, just him and his mom, like unloading stuff, putting it on the front porch. While they were on the front porch, they suddenly heard a scream come from inside the house. Steve ran inside looking around like, is there anybody in here? And there's, of course, no one in the home. Oh, no, fucking of course not. Screams happen at this property a lot, apparently. Oh my God. As there's another investigative team that went and they caught a scream on video. And I'm going to play that audio for you Fuck. right oh my now. God. All right, do it. I am. Jimmy, give me just a second. All right. Okay, it's going to be 10 okay. seconds in here. That was it there, right? Yes. Ooh. I don't like that. I don't like it. Yep. No, we don't like that. So that was a scream that someone caught. They were standing outside and heard that come from inside the house. They heard that from outside? Yes. Fuck that. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. No, I don't like it. So that's a lot of fun. So Steve Miller has now opened the property to a whole bunch of different paranormal investigative teams, and he himself will accompany some of them. So he is, like, not afraid of anything at his own property. He's like, let's go bring it on. So a lot of people believe that the most prominent spirit that you're dealing with in the home is actually the spirit of two-year-old Lizzie herself, which is the young child who died unexpectedly in the home not too long after it was finished being built. Um, They say that Mm -hmm. she will move toys when prompted. They'll also hear little baby footsteps, so like little tiny footsteps. And footsteps are also heard all over the place, and there are different types of footsteps, so they definitely feel like they hear little kid footsteps running around. Um, Ghost Adventures went and investigated, and they set up one of their bears that is apparently if a spirit touches the bear, then the bear will light up where it's being touched. And they set that bear down on a table and that thing just lit up like the 4th of July. Like she just loved that little bear. 
Lizzie's also believed to have been caught in a few pictures. So they'll take pictures in the rooms and people will sometimes catch a small little column of mist that's about like two-year-old height, give or take. Mm-hmm. Now I mentioned the other footsteps. So the other set of footsteps that you hear a lot are definitely the footsteps of a heavier individual. And usually it's like a footstep and a drag. It's like a thump and a drag and a thump and a drag. Fuck that. Oh, I don't. Oh, I really yes. don't like that. And that's up there with screaming. You have lady. the thump and a drag. You have a little girl ghost and you have a screaming lady. So like everything is just no. what we love in a haunted house. Um, it's thought that the thump drag culprit could be Simon Powell himself because he apparently developed palsy at age 14. And so he walked with a limp and with a cane. So they think that it could be him. They also think that it could be the son, Henry, because Henry got all fucked up in the leg during the war. And so he also walked with a limp. So it could be the dad with his palsy. It could be the son with his limp. I figured maybe it's both of them hobbling around for eternity. Just hobbling around the house. Fair enough. That's it. Making a ruckus. So some evidence that's been caught is one team was taking photos with a thermal imaging camera. And they caught a few interesting pictures that I'm going to send to you now. So what they ended up capturing is what looks like someone was taking pictures, almost like a selfie sort of, but it, you know, the wall in the window, outward facing window of the room around them. And they caught three images in a row that are quite interesting. And I'm going to send those to you right now. Oh my God. I fucking hate Keep in that. Mind, Anything that's like light, like the light purple, means it's colder than everything Uh, around it. And then everything uh, that's that's orange is warm. So it looks like someone walking by the window and then turning and looking in right behind the shoulder, right at the back of the head of the person taking the picture. We'll post these pictures on our Instagram. But they're creepy as fuck, right? right? Yeah, that makes me really uncomfortable. They're so creepy. It, and it almost looks like they're staring right in. So some people speculate that this is the image of Amelia, who is trying to get back into her home after she went and committed suicide. Yeah. And she's just waiting outside the house and she can't get back in. They also, when the Ghost Adventures team went in, they did a spirit box session that captured a few interesting things. And it opened the spirit box session with a voice coming through saying, action, questions, now. And it was a male voice, which was very interesting. And then they're like, okay, I guess, oh, it, it wants us to go over there and ask some questions. Blah, 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 blah. They get all excited and we're like, yeah, duh, just like fucking go over there. Yeah. So they go over. And uh, not too long after they get over there, another thing comes through the spirit box and it just says something along the lines of like, hide spirits, spirits hide. So it almost sounds like a man like telling every everyone else to like, go hide, go away, like don't let them come talk to you. Yeah. And they, of course, Zach keeps questioning and questioning. And so they ask, who's here with us? What is your first name? Who's here? 
And then a voice comes through and it's an older woman and it says, Lizzie. And they're like, oh, Lizzie, Lizzie. They're like, well, Lizzie, how are you able to talk? Or is this Amelia? Amelia, are you talking for Lizzie? Who's here? Is it someone who's looking after her? And when they ask that question, they get a response. And the response is like slightly jarring almost because it's it's aggressive to a degree. And I'm going to try to play that audio now for you to hear. Yes. So it's, I don't know. For me, I'm like, that just came through really aggressively. Like, Emily. That's it. It's Emily. And I mean, I get it. Like, they keep asking who's here, what's your name, what's your name. They gave them one answer and they're just not happy with it. So she's like, I fucking told you it's Emily, bitch. But um, yeah, it's very creepy because it's so forceful. You fucking heard me the first time. Yeah, it's so forceful. It's so loud. And um, super creepy. So uh, one last little piece of evidence that they caught in this Ghost Adventures episode, which, again, I did research on this. But finding physical evidence that I can find online is really hard, other than, like, these few EVPs that I showed you and then that picture I found from the other paranormal team. But during the Ghost Adventures episode, they had a camera, just a still camera on a tripod set up in one of the empty rooms, and the camera just suddenly started going in and out of focus. After being set up for a few hours, and it's on a... um automatic focus so it shouldn't change unless something in the room like walks in front of it or is around it for it to try and focus on yeah and so all of a sudden this camera just starts like losing focus back and forth back and forth in and out almost like someone's messing with it or like someone is walking by it walking in front of it and then after about a minute of that the camera just goes dead for no apparent reason Nope. Almost like someone didn't want the camera there catching things. So I kind of get the feeling that you've got the two female spirits who are there just sort of living their life, doing their thing. And then the male spirit who's like, we should just keep a low profile and not let people come in here and bother us. And when they do, we need to tell them to like go away. And like, I'm going to fuck with their camera and I'm going to tell you guys to hide. But overall... Everyone who's investigated says that these spirits feel harmless, says that it feels almost like they're just sort of there also living their eternal life around you. They seem to be um, not residual hauntings, but intelligent hauntings, like they interact. But overall, it's a very positive little haunted house. And the current owner, Steve Miller, says that he hopes to uh renovate it a little bit bring it back up to nicer standards and then hopefully open it as a living museum because like he said the guy simon powell was very interesting and somewhat influential during the civil war in american history wow and uh it's haunted that's my story and i'm sticking to it and it's going to be fun to edit. Pew, 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 pew. Pew, 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 pew. have a drink of wine after that saga. Do it. You have some wine. I have some wine. Let's finish our wines. Cheers. Clink. Clink.
Cheers to good stories. Oh, you just downed it. Yeah. All right. I said, let's finish it. Get That's it. okay. That's all right. You're oh, I have more in here it. than it looks like. This glass is big. I mean, this one, yeah, isn't a proper wine glass, and I poured a lot of wine. <laughs> yeah, good job. Snow day, fun day. I am so hungry. That's what I'm about to do next. Snow day. Is we hope we entertained food. your potential snow day. Yes, I hope that I don't we know did. if it's going to be snowing if on we Thursday. Did, if we didn't, let us know. Email us, deadtimestories at gmail.com. Subscribe to our Patreon. Sarah told me she wants me to wrap up how long the ending thing is, so I'm going to finish it up and, you know, find us. You know where we are. It's the internet. Google us. We have our own website. Everything. If you Google deadtime stories with a Z, with a we're going to pop up with a Z. Deadtimestories.com. Right. So you have to know where to find us and know where to send people done but we thank you and appreciate those of you who do we do and that's why we're not gonna you know keep you here with a long ass outro about how you should give us your money you know you should give us your money you should just give us your money on patreon dead time stories patreon.com slash dead time stories all thank right you guys for listening. thank you so much for listening i'm stephanie <laughs> and i'm sarah and, and this, this has been, been dead time stories Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Ferguson. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 